Hello, hello, and welcome back to another InBay podcast and another episode in our Cyber Anxiety series. My name's Luke Betteridge, and I'm joined by our two series regulars and my favourite guests, Simon Butler and Daniel Welling. So thank you guys for joining us again. So today we're having a bit of a focus on disaster recovery and business continuity planning. So there is a bit of a misconception at the moment that actually business continuity planning isn't really a priority now that we're in this new cloud world. Um, so actually we want to address that and have a look at why really MSPs and your customers should be having a real focus on disaster recovery and business continuity. So Simon, just to come to you first, I don't know if you want to maybe give an overview of what the DR planning looked like in the traditional sense, in the traditional world, shall we say, um, and then kind of talk about how we need to be applying that again to the, this modern cloud world. Indeed, well, traditionally, um, disaster recovery pretty much could be counted as the loss of something. So loss of the building, loss of access to the building, loss of data, loss of internet, loss of electricity supply, but it was affecting everything you had in your office. So where we, you know in the old days where we had you know room full of servers and we had racks and switches and all the other nice stuff that those of us a certain generation still get misty eyed over, you know that was we lost power or anything like that. It was effectively um, a disaster for the business. Obviously now um, a lot of that um, has moved to the cloud, but we're still sort of thinking right. Well, you still have some elements on on premise in the office. You know, you lose your internet in the office. How are you going to get to your cloud resources for a start? So some of the elements of a traditional disaster recovery plan still apply. You know, you still got to get access to your cloud somehow. So how do you get access to it and things like this? So I think, yes, the, what's happened is a traditional DR plan has probably lost some of its weight, but you now need to change your considerations on what you uh, what you need to do in the event of a problem. In some respects, it could be easier to deal with a problem. But in other respects, it can also be more difficult, particularly with regards to security. So have you got some examples of some of the things that you, there might be more challenging in this kind of the, the modern cloud world? What, what's an example of something that MSPs may have not considered up until this point? I think, well, the main thing probably is going to be accessing the data if, if as long as the cloud service is up and we're not talking about that being the disaster, you know, if, if everything is set up for um, everyone to access everything in the office, um, you know, we talked about conditional access um, a little while ago, I was talking about how, you know, some clients have got their conditional access set up. So, you know, you can only access their cloud data in the office. Suddenly you've lost the office. So how are, how are the end users now going to get access to their data? Um, so are you just literally saying to, them to, to send them home and then they're hitting it with, you know, home computers, which can have all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff on it? Or are you then trying to spin up um, remote desktop servers or Azure virtual desktop or something else to access that data? So that's the first thing is, you know, you know, what's going to be the, the easiest way for the clients to at least get access to that data, even if it's so they can literally just send out an email to say, oh dear, we've had a problem, we're dealing with it, to keep their customers, uh, keep the customers happy and maintain that level of communication. I think that's the, the first thing is that the MSP should have is the, how are they going to communicate what is gone wrong and what the end users need to do. 
So I think that's a, the key thing, really, isn't it? Like we we spoke about before, the technology plays one part of it when it comes to having a backup in place and having a disaster recovery plan in place. But the key thing is actually the process you've got for the end users, for your staff, um, for everyone involved, really. How are they going to continue working? Again, in simplistic terms, a disaster recovery plan is to ensure that you can continue working as smoothly as possible so that your customers aren't really even aware that there's there's been a disaster or there's been an issue. So one of the key things is really having those processes in place, but then also having the right technologies behind you to back that up to make sure that you can carry on working as smoothly and as efficiently as possible. Uh, quite right. That's that's effectively it. You know, a disaster, while it could impact the business, you're trying to limit that impact as much as possible. Yep. Um, tech is fine, you know. You've lost everything, you know, you can phone up a VAR, your friendly VAR and whip out a credit card and all this sort of stuff. But, you know, that's only part of it. And to be honest, probably from a from a, from an IT point of view, it's probably a very small part of it. The tech's the easy bit. Yeah. So um, one of the things I want to jump into, and again, we were talking earlier about some of the misconceptions around cloud technology and the need for a business continuity plan. So one of the things is obviously majority of companies now using Microsoft 365 or sort of a cloud-based email solution what happens when you get you know kind of crypto locked and all of your um, emails get locked up you can't access them there is an assumption out there with a lot of MSPs and a lot of people that everything's backed up it's in the cloud don't worry I'll be able to access it in one way or another what should people be doing in this type of scenario it's quite easy. They've got to do backups. And Microsoft specifically state there is no backups for Office 365. Yes, there are data recovery capabilities, but that's mainly for deleted data. But otherwise, yes, you need to you need to back up. All you're doing is a different kind of backup. So you may not necessarily be using tape or anything like that because, you know, realistically bringing a lot of that data back to your office where your backup system is is not going to be practical, particularly with the way that, you know, internet connections are here in the UK. Um, so you could be looking at using another service to do that backing up, but you've got to ha- you've got to have backups. You know, the fact that you're in the cloud doesn't mean no backups. It just means different kinds of backups. You know, this is it, it, the underlying strategy around um, retaining your data hasn't changed. It's just the the methods being used are different. And just whilst we're on the subject, are there any recommendations for a backup? Is there, is there a particular product or is there something supplied by Microsoft in terms of backups for your emails? I don't think Microsoft actually have anything that they recommend. What I would normally advise my MSP clients is that you look at the underlying tech. Where is the data being stored? Because the last thing you want to do is be backing up Microsoft to a customer, uh, to a service, sorry, that is using Azure as their backup resource. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, kind of <laughs> defeating the point in a way if exactly. anything was to happen so, with Microsoft. Yeah. So you're, you're, you know, if you're if you if you're heavily into Microsoft 365, you probably then want to be looking at maybe something that goes to say Amazon S3 or one of the S3 compatible services, or someone who's running their own infrastructure. Even the MSP could run their own infrastructure. You know, there are service software that you can buy that you can put onto effectively, a, you know, a large NAS or something, you know, your own storage if the MSP wants to go down that path, which will then, you know, pull the, the tenant and pull out the email, pull out the SharePoint data, pull out the OneDrive data, even pull out the Teams uh, conversation data and all this sort of stuff and retain it 
and all this sort of stuff for you. So that's what you've got to look at. But it's, you know, it's the same as the backups you were doing back when you were on on prem. You didn't back up to the same server you were backing up. You backed up to something else. And it's it's just the same. You know, you're looking. If you're really paranoid, you back up into a different region. Um, you know, if you're in the UK, you're maybe looking at you know backing up into uh, into Central Europe or something like that. You know, so the you know you're reducing the chances of the fact that your data might be in the same, even though it's on a different service. You know, is in the same data center in London, for example. No, it makes sense. And again, there's there is a. It maybe sounds pedantic, but some people do want that level of security in the sense that, you know, making sure a plane's not going to suddenly fly into the data center and, and destroy the whole thing or something as extreme as that. So, no, that makes complete sense. Um, Daniel, I just wanted to come to you because obviously there's two elements to having disaster recovery plans. Obviously, the MSP themselves need to have a, a DR plan in place, but then it's also about providing that to your customers. Um, have you got kind of any insight on ways that you can approach providing that as a service for your customers and almost commercializing the, the DR plan itself. Uh, yeah, and great, great phrase actually to um, c- the commercialization of this. Uh, and and, and re- really, I think um, it, it has to be interwoven into uh, ev- every piece of guidance and advice that the MSP is, uh, well, offering themselves and uh, and and uh, and also to their to their customers. Um, there's no point architecting a uh, a solution that doesn't have, um, let's say, business continuity as the as the modern phrase sort of baked into it, um, and uh, and yeah, you can uh, you can you can re- really go down a rabbit a rabbit's hole with um, uh, with the with the thinking on this, as uh, as Simon was uh, 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 was uh, providing an example. Therefore, I mean, there's there's always a single point of failure. And that is that we're, we're on one planet currently. Um, I'm sure in the future we might have uh, backups to the moon. Um, uh, but uh, but yeah, cu- currently uh, there, there will always be a risk. Um, and and it's important for the, the customer and the MSP to understand what that you know, exaggerated risk is and therefore to, to make their own decision about how much they want to spend uh, protecting against that, that risk. And that 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 follows through in 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 terms of every aspect of their um, of their IT decision, uh, their IT choices about what they what they buy and how they buy it. So um, so yeah, the uh, uh, you you were quite right earlier talking about a process um, that that can't be that can't be stressed enough, um, and uh, the expectations that sits above that process has to be set at the very beginning of the the relationship. It has to be woven into. The, uh, the account management process, which uh, will undoubtedly have some sort of business review uh, 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 interface with the customer and then a roadmap um, to, uh, yeah, to, to, to show uh, the, the customer what the options are and how much they can spend. Um, but they, they need to be under no illusion that no matter what they spend, there, there will be outages, there will be data loss, um, and uh, they uh, they need to protect themselves against that eventuality when it when it happens, rather than uh, rather than if. So uh, yeah, and in terms of how how far you commercialise it, um, yeah, three six five backup is a, a commodity uh, purchase now, um, and just as well because it's a nice and easy decision for the customer to uh, to make about spending the money, um, but. Uh, um, 
uh, a customer that has deeper concerns or an MSP that wants to offer a premium service uh, should then be uh, also offering rehearsal um, uh, for the business continuity plans. Um, and uh, you're, um, you're only as good as your last recovery. <laughs> that's the that's the reality. You know, you know, if you back up sufficient, if you uh, if you're able to use it. So. Um, uh, so yeah, and again, um, you know, um, I would I would encourage MSPs to be thinking about offering an annual, a quarterly, a, a monthly uh, restoration test. And uh, uh, yeah, sure, very few customers are going to opt for a monthly one, but uh, um, there's probably a lot a lot out there that would would opt for an annual one at least. And that's uh, that's that's time, it's revenue, um, so it's it's an opportunity and. Uh, uh, and it reduces the MSP's risk. And I guess with kind of doing restorations, there's different levels that you could do of that, isn't there? You can almost do it by department or by a specific kind of NC. You know, like we said, maybe kind of going through what would happen if emails were to go down. Um, and then you could do one, like you said, an annual one, which is kind of almost like everything's gone. What is the process? And it's, it's like we said it before, again, that process is key. It's making sure that everyone knows what to do in that situation. Suddenly everything goes off, you know, every department and every individual worker knows exactly what, what they need to do in, in that moment to get back up online and, and running again. So yeah, that's, as I was saying, I guess with restorations, you can do different levels of that. And then you can offer that based on, you know, the, the frequency saying actually every month, let's just, let's go department by department. And then at the end of the year, let's do a, a big one that involves the whole company or something along those lines. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And great, great suggestion. Um, just out of interest, have, is there any kind of like regular objections you see to putting like DR plans in place or business continuity elements in place? Is it normally to do with, with costs or is there another element that customers seem to be pushing back on? Um, you guys can't see this, but there's a lot of nodding heads at the moment. As soon as I mention cost, so. <laughs> cost, cost is always the cost is always the main one. But the other the other one, particularly um, if we go back to traditional DR, it was always well, it's not going to happen to us. And when I was doing traditional DR planning, the plan that I'd put in place for say a company that was two miles away from Heathrow, compared to the company that was out in the middle of nowhere, where you know the nearest neighbour is goes is a sheep. Um, was completely different because, you know, the risk scenario was completely different. And the, the rural customer would say, well, you know, what's going to happen to us? You know, the chances of a plane hitting our building is quite small. The chances of the Heathrow uh, customer, the chances of a plane hitting their building was much larger. And so it was like, yeah, that's not going to happen to us. But now, with everything so much in the cloud and everything, you can almost adopt the same DR plan for everybody. Because now the risk is almost the same for everybody. You know, uh, we've taken away the almost the, uh, the differentiating factors. And you can say, well, it can't, it's not going to happen to us. Well, I'm sorry, but if you're in Office 365, it doesn't matter whether you're in Heathrow or outskirts of Cardiff or up a mountain. An Office 365 outage is going to affect you in the same way. So yeah. from an MSP's point of view, they can almost come up with a standard plan, which they can then uh, they can then implement and get away from this, it's not going to happen to us scenario, which is, you know, one of the major pushbacks, particularly with smaller businesses. But then, of course, with smaller businesses, and I'm talking, we're talking, you know, less than, say, less than 25 or even smaller, most of those, if they had a major disaster, they don't come back from. 
so that can be a way that uh, Daniel, when he goes in as his salesperson, can <laughs> can have on his, you know, that the, the method of, you know, if you go and had everything in crypto, that's your business gone probably overnight. Yeah. You know, how's how you know? Then you can start to pull on the, you know, the heartstrings. How is you know, how are you going to put food on the table? You know, I mean, that's us. yeah. It, what, is, yeah. it is absolutely education. Um, that's that's the only way to to combat the the budget uh, uh, objection, and uh, and 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 again, the the same uh, the same underlying principles are just as true today as they as they were um, a, a decade ago of re recovery point and recovery time objectives. So, if uh, you know if you are uh, 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 unable to access your data due to uh, uh, due to a ransomware uh, uh, attack. Um, uh, you um, uh, you've got you've got to follow a process um, to uh, uh, to investigate um, uh, what what the what the cause was, which means you can't immediately be recovering unless you've got a, a second environment ready ready to go. Um, so uh, ju just just explaining that part of it actually um, helps a, uh, helps a customer understand the fragility of their position um, and and guess what they're then going to be prepared to spend more on security um, uh, in order to reduce the chance of that happening but will that you know the 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 business continuity part of it will, will just be a natural follow-on part of it um, and uh, uh, yeah I guess um, uh, the more we mature what's happening out there in the marketplace uh, with the, the correlation between business continuity, security, and uh, uh, and of course insurance, um, we're starting to see the market firm up, develop new new products. You know, re recently there's been issues where insurers are just refusing to in to insure um, uh, or or the premiums have got so expensive because the it, it's caught up now with the insurers that they're supporting this ransom industry um, so you know we, we're going to we're going to see another another change another transition there'll be another level of education and understanding within the, the end customer marketplace as a result and uh, um, but but then I'm sure the I'm sure the the bad actors out there will will come up with another uh, another naughty, um, disruptive uh, uh, challenge for us to uh, to, to, to mitigate um, uh, in in time, and so the cycle goes on. But uh, but yeah, the, um, the, uh, the the customers have got to be educated. Um, they they would of course uh, uh, um, need different levels of persuasion and time uh and uh, uh so you, you you as the msp have got to be consistent in your messaging um and not and not not give up um you know keep keep uh, keep keep uh talking about the same topics and uh, uh, and and eventually the customers will uh, have have no choice but to um uh, uh to, to to come around and make 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 decisions that reduce theirs and the and the msp's risk no, I think that's absolutely spot on. I think that's kind of a brilliant way to close off kind of our, dis you know, our discussion around disaster recovery. Before we go, I thought we'd have a little bit of a fun one. Do you guys have any examples of where someone didn't have a DR in place and suddenly everything kind of went, yeah, shall we say, it all went wrong? So I've got one one story which I think is quite interesting. Is we I had a customer once, it's going back um, a little while ago now, 
obviously won't say any names, but they used to have two on-prem servers on site. And at the end of the day, they used to just copy everything from that day onto the next server and then obviously carry on working. And then the next day they would just copy it again. So every time they were overwriting the, you know, the day before. So essentially they had one 24 hours worth of backups. Um, and one day, you know, we, essentially we kept going up to them and saying to them, you need to put a proper backup plan in place. You need a proper, you know, DR solution. We need to do something. No, 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 it's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll fix it when it breaks. So one night someone opened an email, got a CryptoDocker virus at about quarter past five in the afternoon. Didn't realize when they opened the email immediately, everyone logged off at half five, went home. Obviously the whole system got CryptoDocker and then it backed up to the server next to it with the crypto locker and then the next morning they had absolutely nothing so again this goes back to that example where sometimes until it happens to them they don't think it's going to happen there, there is that real kind of again misconception that's like well we're never gonna we're never gonna find ourselves in that situation until you do and then it's, it's almost too late so again i don't know if you guys have got any kind of fun stories of people who haven't <laughs> put a dr plan in place <laughs> It, it, it normally, um, it's, a, it's a great example actually, Luke, and it, no, it normally comes down to uh, a, a misconce- misconception rather than a deliberate um, uh, not to have a backup, but a misconception as to how secure their backup was, or whether, it, or whether in fact it was working. And that, that's that's yeah. that's what I would I would probably see as the majority of data loss instances in the past. It's because a, a backup. Uh, 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 hadn't been working and uh, may, maybe that then falls back on the, the notification monitoring process but but e- equally that's why you layer this up with recovery testing to yeah. ensure that you know not just the process is rehearsed but so you know you've, you've confidence in the in the technological part um, but yeah I, I think uh, uh, there's, there's pro- you know I think everyone in in the msp world has has example stories of data loss and uh, and and that's that's why it's such a hot hot topic for us yeah. because we know we know the pain of having that conversation with the customer and breaking the breaking the uh, <laughs> the, the, the the bad news um uh because regard regardless of faults um the the msp uh, you know someone has to be has to take the blame, yeah, and there, w- exactly. there will be pain that, that comes from it, uh, regardless um, of uh, of whether you can pull out the "I told you so" card. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so, um, so yeah, and and, and you, you you just have to have care for your customer, and yeah. and and be thinking of that 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 example in the in the future when you're uh, uh, when you're having the the frustrating conversation <laughs> about how they how they should be should be doing more. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I've got one quickly on the processes one. I did a job for a client last year, again, no names, um, where uh, an encrypto attack was uh, launched um, during the middle of the night. And um, the person who responded, um, because they didn't have a process, thought the best course of action was to cut the company off from the internet. But the problem was, of course, the encryption was still inside. He then alerted everyone else what was happening, but nobody could get in. <laughs> so everyone basically had to then travel to the various offices to, to physically get inside because he'd cut the internet off. He'd just gone, right, I've seen it happening. I've cut the internet off. But of course, it was already inside. So by the time people got into the office in 45 minutes to an hour, the damage was done. Yeah, it's too late then. Um, yeah. And because nobody could get uh, nobody could get into the office to get into the systems to um, 
um, to do, actually do anything uh, do anything about it. And they were down for for a very long time. I helped them to recover, um, but that was purely down to not having a process for dealing with an incident, um, which made the problem a lot worse. You know, if if they'd actually had a had a process. You know, just simply somebody go, remoting in and just shutting down their entire VMware platform probably would have saved a ton of ton of headache, even if they literally, you know, got the UPS to yank the plug out the back or the virtual plug, if you like, by just cutting the power. You know, we could have recovered from that kind of disaster quite easily. You know, that's an that's an easy scenario to deal with. You know, but everything was up and it was basically running right for about an hour and a half until somebody could get in. And, and that's what they actually ended up doing was pulling the plug out of everything, but the damage was done. Um, so I've got another, I've got a really, oh, just quickly, I've got a, one yeah. of my own. <laughs> this is one of my own. In my last full IT job, we were, I just taken on. And for some reason, the customer had, the customer had two buildings. And for some reason, the core finance server was in the other building. Everything else was in the primary building. And we went in on a Saturday to clean up the uh, the network switch and completely recable the network switch. And during that, I um, dropped something that broke the fiber connection between the two sites. And we ended up, the two of us, going over to the other building, unplugging the server and physically carrying it across the car park in the full view of the CCTV. Looks completely dodgy. To get it on the other side, to, to get it back up and running. You know, and then we had to get someone in. The other office was basically unusable for about two days while we had the fiber repaired and found the person to repair the fiber and all this sort of stuff. And so, you know, that had a, had an impact on the business. And that was purely, you know, my mistake. I think I dropped or I pulled it or something, but fiber's quite fragile where it was coming out. Uh, and it broke and it was like, oh dear, what am I going to do now? That's such a, a big thing though, is that how easily these kind of disasters can happen. It could, yeah, it, it can be a, a small thing, but it completely has a massive impact on your ability to be able to work. And again, one of the key takeaways, if you take away anything from today's podcast, I think the key for us is process. You need to have a process in place when it comes to DR planning. So Daniel, Simon, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for your insights on um, DR and business continuity planning. Um, looking forward to you joining us again in the next podcast. And for everyone listening at home, uh, thanks a lot. If you have any questions or you want to reach out to us to discuss anything that was spoken about in today's podcast, then please feel free to reach out to us and have a great rest of your day. Thank you very much. Thank you.